which is beautiful, will manifest itself in truth and in goodness. Local. The challenges that we're facing in our generation, we just need the gospel. I mean, every every culture, every generation just needs to know how the gospel applies. Engaging. We don't bring any life at all to the church. The church is, is the life. It gives us the life. Live. The reality is, He is all things beautiful, capital B. And so anything that is authentically beautiful draws us, even if we don't realize it, to God. Good morning and welcome. I am Heather Caro. And I am Doug Weingart. And we are broadcasting this morning from the Mustard Seed. And I would accept any prayers. If you can't tell, this isn't my normal voice, but I have a little bit of a cold. It's going around. So any prayers would be highly accepted. (laughs) But uh, it's good to be here. It's a beautiful morning. Thank you for joining us. It's our first Wednesday back, Doug. Yes. We haven't broadcast on a Wednesday for quite a while. It's our first Wednesday back. It's your thousandth show Maybe. and my second. Your second. Yes. Welcome so back, Doug. It's a good day. It's a good day. Well, and I'm excited today. We have just a great stellar lineup, and we're going to start with Father Tony Klein. Father Klein, usually we start the show with a prayer, but since you're here, I thought you might join us and start us with a prayer. Yeah, that sounds great. Let's pray. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, Amen. Come, Holy Spirit, fill our hearts, fill our minds. We thank you, Lord, for this new day, the gift of our lives. Thank you for all the blessings that you have bestowed upon us, that you continue to give us. Especially, we thank you for the life of grace, uh, for having pity on your people, uh, that even in our unfaithfulness, you remain faithful. Pray for all of our listeners, all of our benefactors. Uh, Pray that you may... Uh, Touch the hearts of those who cry out to you, especially this day. You give them the grace uh, that is needed in any trial and any suffering. And especially as we prepare for Lent uh, next Wednesday, that uh, we may have hearts open to be changed, uh, and that we may encounter you more deeply uh, in this coming season of Lent. We trust this all in your name. Amen. 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 In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Father. So it's a pleasure having you on this morning. Um, I saw you a couple times last week, which yeah. was super fun. Last week was Catholic Schools Week, busy week for both of us. Mm-hmm. You did some traveling. Tell me about that. Yeah, I was, you know, back and forth to Rapid City twice. Um, <laughs> Monday, Tuesday. Just couldn't get enough of that Friday, drive, huh? Saturday. You know, I, <laughs> I don't think I'd been out to Rapid City uh, I don't know, for the last five years, and I've gone three times in the last, like, six months. Oh, my goodness. I love it. I mean, I forgot how beautiful it, it is. It really the hills is beautiful. Is beautiful. And even a lot of the drive, except you couldn't see a lot on the drive. It was very foggy. Um, oh, but in some ways, it was a very contemplative drive. Mm-hmm. But, no, it was a great trip. Um, the reason we went out on Monday is, as you said, it's Catholic Schools Week uh, last week, and so there was this first annual Know Your Faith competition. Here in South Dakota. Yes, so, big deal. Uh, maybe some listeners are familiar. Maybe they heard some of the things A about lot of it. our listeners uh, know the Know Your Faith competition, but in North Dakota. Yes. There. So it trickled its way uh, down the I Missouri and came down to South Dakota. Uh, some of the, so one of the priests out in Rapid and then a couple teachers went up last year to the Know Your Faith competition in North Dakota and they said, this is awesome and mm-hmm. we should try and do this. And so... They called me after it last year. I was the chaplain at O'Gorman already. Um, and they just said, hey, we went up to this thing. We think it'd be an awesome thing to do during Catholic Schools Week. What do you think? 
And I think my first reaction was, that sounds like a lot to organize. <laughs> but I'm open to it. And I'm really, right? like, I'm excited about the prospect of it. I just don't know how it's going to all happen. And they sure. basically said, we're going to take care of everything the first year. Uh, because they went to it, one of the um, the campus minister and a theology teacher up in Aberdeen, Ron Colley, he is from North Dakota, so he kind of had some familiarity with it. Um, and so I said, hey, if, if everything's being organized, we'll do what we need to do to um, participate, get kids out there, and it'll be an experience for us to learn about it. And yeah. someday, I mean, God willing, host it uh, out here too. So, yeah, it was uh, it was a great first run. Uh, they nailed it. They really hit it out of the park. Um, yeah, and it was a great thing, I think, for our our kids and the whole school got pretty excited about it. Yeah, it was a lot of fun to watch too, and and I think you guys did just an amazing job. You and at the time, Deacon Robert were co-hosting it, and I think you both did just a fabulous job doing that. And then you went back to see Deacon become father. Yeah, yeah. So it was a big week. I hadn't seen so Deacon Robert Kenyon now Father Robert Kenyon. We were good friends in seminary, and then he um, after. After finishing, uh, basically, his academics, uh, took just a little time to kind of discern a little more. And um, so it was a great gift to finally go out and Mm -hmm. uh, celebrate his ordination. But it was cool to see at the beginning of the week uh, just the peace that he had uh, going into ordination and and just the support. I mean, it was awesome to see the St. Thomas More community and the parishes that were there for the different events that we had. Uh, just excited for him and supportive mm-hmm. of him and to see his peace and beautiful um, and then to be able to go out three days later to be there and yeah. uh, to lay hands on him and you know uh, part of the ordination right and to really welcome him into the brother of the priest brotherhood of the priesthood uh, yeah it was an awesome gift that is awesome one thing you did forget father and I'm not going to let you is <laughs> you started Monday with something a little different Monday evening? Yeah. The you, basketball game? You can't go over it. You can't <laughs> skip it. I'm going to let everybody know. <laughs> yeah, so uh, Rapid City, St. Thomas More, during Catholic Schools Week, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, you're the Rapid City native here, Yes. Uh, has done this Men in Black basketball game for a long period of time. For a long time. It's taken on different versions, as we <laughs> talked about yes. before. When I was a little kid, they played, and I'm not joking, they played the basketball game on donkeys. It was called Donkey Ball. Yeah, I don't know if I could do that. I would pay For money to two see reasons. that. <laughs> One, I don't think I would want to ride a donkey. Two, when it comes to basketball, I'm like I'm kind I of competitive. <laughs> I'm either going to do it or not. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, but Men in Black has been going on for a while. Um, taking on different versions. But it was so for those that live in Rapid City got to hear the basketball game. We broadcast it mm-hmm. over the airwaves. And... I was the color commentator. I'm not a play-by-play gal. <laughs> Steve Miller was the color or the play-by-play dude. And uh, did you know that you were the first-round draft pick? Well, I think I was the only free agent. Well, you don't want to <laughs> say that. <laughs> uh, I was the one East River uh, pickup after that game because I think you scored the most points out of anybody for the priests. And then the next day you co-hosted the Know Your Faith competition. I'm surprised they didn't chain you up and lock you up somewhere in western South Dakota to keep you there. Mm. They were in love with Father Tony by the time he left. He was they were going to keep him because he was so you had so much fun. It was fun. It was a really yeah, it was a fun time. And I was telling people it's probably the best 
basketball game I've played in a while. Yeah. Usually when I play, I miss most of what I do. Uh, <laughs> but I don't know. Maybe just not knowing people, I wasn't as nervous. or I, I don't know. Uh, whatever it was, it was really fun. One, to play with the priests. I knew probably four or five of the priests decently well and then got to know a few of the other ones. Uh, and then the thing that really like uh, struck me, I think, the most was uh, the five or six or seven senior boys that we were playing mm-hmm. uh it was really fun just to you know i didn't know them uh but just to have fun and show like good competition uh to show like priestly fraternity and then getting able to talk to some of them after the game at terra sancta um and just get to know a little more about them what their plans for the future are and mm-hmm. uh that was i think a real like highlight for me is just getting to you know see where god is leading yeah. you know, young people yeah next year Father Klein's going to be on a donkey. If he's the high scorer, he gets the donkey. <laughs> he Not gonna gets happen. the donkey. <laughs> yeah. So we haven't really introduced, you haven't really introduced yourself to the listeners about a little bit about who you are and what your role in our diocese of Sioux Falls is. Sure. Yeah. So Father Tony Klein, um, born and raised uh, here in, in the diocese in uh, Sioux Falls in St. Lambert Parish, was my home parish. Uh, grew up, went to the to St. Lambert School, went to O'Gorman, and then right when I graduated from O'Gorman, uh, went straight into seminary. And so was there for eight years, and then was ordained in COVID in 2020, um, and then was ordained, was assigned to Holy Spirit in Sioux Falls for two years, and then a year and a half ago, uh, got reassigned as the chaplain at O'Gorman High School, and help kind of part-time on the weekends at the cathedral here in Sioux Falls, and then also doing some vocations work, not as the vocations director, but helping just with more vocational promotion events, um, walking with, uh, especially walking with guys as they're applying to seminary or thinking uh, to apply to seminary. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's my uh, my current status. So you went to school at O'Gorman, and just to go back, how has that been? How has that, how has that died? I would think a lot of the same people are still there. Yes and no. Uh, obviously, yeah. the students are all new. <laughs> I hope so. <laughs> There's quick turnover in schools, you know? Interesting. Um, yeah, I never, to be honest, I never thought I would go back, and not because I, like, never had a desire. I just, um, yeah, we didn't have a full-time chaplain when I was there. It was a part-time chaplain who would also be um, either pastor or, like, vocations director. Um, but to have a, a full-time chaplain there who's there um, every day of the week, um I just didn't really know that that was going to be a possibility, and I also know that oftentimes we're not sent back to, quote-unquote, like our home, mm-hmm. you know, go to back to our Nazareth. Um, but, yeah, Bishop really uh, wanted me to go there, and it helped having having been in Sioux Falls for a couple of years and being somewhat connected already with the community because I went there. Um, and so there were a lot of people that I did know still. Um, there were some teachers who taught me uh there are some teachers who i was in class with and so it's kind of interesting mm-hmm. being like that dynamic of mm-hmm. uh you know a former student now as a co-worker and now co-workers with former friends um i'm sorry not like not like we yeah. had huge fallouts that's not what i mean but like we were classmates <laughs> together yeah. uh and now it's just a weird change yeah yeah um but it's been it's been surprisingly good i thought it would be a little harder to kind of like re-enter in maybe just because i think I think some of the things have changed. I think O'Gorman's been, um, I think there have been some really, you know, good changes. I think there's just been a lot of exa- good 
questions as far as like what does it mean to be a Catholic school, um, mm. and I think there's just been some very particular intentional changes um, that, yeah, it's been cool to enter in and to see how kids are able to learn about the faith outside of just the classroom. I mean, the classroom is important, but just other opportunities for them to actually have an encounter with the Lord rather than just learning about him, actually right. to mm-hmm. learn who he is. Right. Well, and you said before, when you were going to school there, there was only a part-time chaplain. You're full-time now. How mm-hmm. is that making things different? Yeah, I think just there's, we talked in seminary about the ministry of presence, mm. which is like, wow, uh, just being somewhere <laughs> mm-hmm. does a lot. And so, um, yeah, I think just even being a presence in hallways of, as kids are walking by to say hello to them, to ask how they're doing. Um, and then I, especially last year, just tried to go to almost everything that I could, like school events of games and concerts and uh, performances, things like that, to to really just show, like, yeah, I'm, I'm here, I care about, obviously I care about your spiritual life, but, like, I care about you in mm-hmm. your entirety, which means I also want to see, um, you know, how you've been putting in time and effort here. And, you know, that right away um, was, like, a lot of work and energy, uh, but in the long run it started really paying dividends because I think there were kids who were like, oh, this is... Um, a priest can be approachable. Um, mm-hmm. And it's not really to knock on priests who, like, a lot of our priests are very busy. <laughs> mm-hmm. And, you know, busy and consumed, like, in parish life. And so I think Bishop's desire to have a priest in the school is just be, uh, partly because he thinks, uh, rightfully so, that the culture of a Catholic school should have the presence of priests and religious. And uh, we're very fortunate to be able to, to have that right now. Beautiful. Well, if you're just tuning in, we are talking with Father Tony Klein. Uh, he is the priest that is headquartered over at O'Gorman High School here in Sioux Falls. I am Heather Caro. I am Doug Wangart. And we are broadcasting today from Sioux Falls, South Dakota. We're in the back room. I used to call it the box room, but it's just full of stuff of the mustard seed here. Um, and we're just talking with Father Tony Klein, but we're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, we're going to dive a little bit more into the day-to-day interactions that Father has with the students and some of his goals for the future. So we'll be back with more Real Presence Live right after this. Live, engaging, and local, this is Real Presence Live, where we bring you positive and uplifting stories and share the great things happening in our local area on the Real Presence Radio Network. Did you know you can listen to Real Presence Live anytime on any podcast platform? Just search for Real Presence Radio on platforms such as Spotify, Apple Music, iHeartRadio, Stitcher, and on the Real Presence Radio website. Then subscribe so you don't miss any future shows. If you like what you hear, give us a good rating so other people can find us as well. Real Presence Radio, your family of faith and hope. This is Lavinia Spirito for Catholic Way Bible Study. Pope John XXIII called for a new Pentecost in our day. Just as the first Pentecost was the foundation for the first missionary impetus of the Church, so the new Pentecost is the foundation for the new evangelization, the renewed missionary effort of the body of Christ. In fact, the new evangelization cannot happen without a new Pentecost. But... To live a new Pentecost is to play with fire, because evangelization is about true salvation. 
It is not about the easy and cultural acceptable path of enrichment. Our God is a holy and awesome God who requires our holiness and trust. Only through life in the Holy Spirit can we model the kingdom and be true missionaries. Catholic Way Bible Study. Peace, power, purpose. Find out more at cwbs.org. What if you could earn a degree that offers the best of both worlds, an MBA and a master's degree in philosophy? The University of Mary offers one degree that combines world-class business training with a careful study of life's deepest questions through their combined MBA, MA, and philosophy program. By earning one degree in both philosophy and business online, you will rigorously engage the big ideas needed to address professional challenges. Visit catholicprofessional.life. You're listening to Real Presence Live. Now, back to more inspirational and uplifting stories and a look at the extraordinary things happening in our local area. Heard right here on the RPR Network. And welcome back. I'm Heather Caro. And I'm Doug Weingart. And we are broadcasting today from Sioux Falls, South Dakota. We're in the back room of the Mustard Seed, having a great conversation with Father Tony Klein. Glad to have you with us this morning, Father. We're talking about your role at O'Gorman High School here in Sioux Falls. And I wanted to um, ask a little bit, because you, we talked about you becoming a full, full-time chaplain, but there's also another change at O'Gorman that's been going on um, that I think people are finally starting to notice, but that's the sisters. Mm-hmm. Talk a little bit about their roles at the school and how that's impacting the students. Yeah, yeah I think, uh, like we were saying just before the break, the Ministry of Presence uh, is mm-hmm. just a, a real thing. And, you know, as we talk about um, discernment of vocations, it's one thing to talk about priesthood or religious life, and it's another thing to meet a priest or a sister or, or a brother. Yeah, because we just say that religious life, and yep. it's just like da-da-da-da-da. Yep. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but when you mean? actually like see it, I mean, it's very like incarnational ministry. Mm-hmm. And so, um, yeah, we're very we're blessed to have four sisters from the Pro Ecclesia Sancta community, um, and then the brothers, so we have priest, Proclesia Sancta priests that run the two parishes in Mitchell, um, and then they also have a formation house. And the brothers do a little bit of uh, work at O'Gorman um, as well, and then other things they do throughout the diocese. But um, the sisters are mainly stationed in Sioux Falls. They do, they get out and around too, mm-hmm. um, but they do a lot of work uh, in the school system with uh, faculty, with administration, and then with students, of course, too. Uh, so just having... I think having sisters around, having, um, you know, a priest around, having religious around, mm-hmm. uh, I think just gives this real dimension of like, oh, people do this. Yeah. And people that do this uh, are happy and, um, and I think like competent, you know, it's not, it's <laughs> like, you know, I think there's a, hopefully a real attraction just to the life of grace and the life of faith that, yeah. that they can see, even if they are not called to the priesthood or religious life, hopefully at least having, um, like a certain respect for it because they can actually see that it's a real thing and an important thing yeah. in the life of the church. Well, and I love that the sisters are younger and that they wear their habits. Um, my daughter, she's 21, but she's talked a lot about discerning whether or not she should go into um, some kind of vocation. And and I think if she had only seen people my age, her mother's age, she might not have even thought about it. So I think it makes a big impact. Mm-hmm on the students. Yeah, and I, like, I've been uh, impacted a lot by older priests and religious. Sure. Um, I think for a, a kid, 
especially there's just a natural like yeah connection you know because when i was at holy spirit i'm sorry if father simple is listening uh uh you know he was on his way out uh for retirement and i was just coming in newly ordained and it was really cool to see how kids like loved and respected him a lot mm-hmm. um and yet there was still i think something of a, a difference just because they i look more like them and i am closer in age to a kindergartner than i am to father simple <laughs> and so and so there is you something said that on the radio <laughs> oh he i think he's aware he's, he's he's well aware um but no there is something uh to that that age really yeah. doesn't i mean there's something of like age in the spiritual life means a lot less but age in a natural way there's some sort of relatability and right. connectability that you can have so growing up at uh, Catholic schools, how did that impact you, Father Tony, personally? And did it lead you into the priesthood at all? Yeah, good question. Um, yeah, I went kindergarten through senior year of high school to Catholic schools, and it definitely impacted me. Um, I'd say the first thing that really impacted me was just the fact that we live the faith as a family. Um, yeah. I think that's important to remember that the schools, Catholic schools are meant to supplement and help families uh, help parents raise their kids in the church. Um, when it replaces that, then you know we You're see. Unfortunately, a lot of um, yeah, a lot of kids who um, yeah don't end up practicing the faith. Uh, but when the school system like really was a great supplement to what was happening at home, uh, it made me realize like okay, this isn't just what my parents do. This isn't just that. You know, I started to see other witnesses. Um, you know, even my teachers in elementary school, they'd be teaching us, you know, whatever subject, uh, but I also would see them at Mass on Sundays. Mm-hmm. And that would, for me, that showed me like, oh, this is not just something for these types of people. Like, you know, um, this is like the faith is something that is lived. Um, so it was very impactful for me. And then as I got into high school, just having a few more opportunities to go a little deeper, um, go to daily Mass a couple times throughout the week in the chapel that we had, um, and just having the opportunity to go on a few more retreats and things like that were really uh, helpful for me. Um, and then just having good friendships. I was fortunate to have some friendships that were very rooted in uh, in God. I mean, we were high school boys, so like yeah. we, we, you know, um, we still did kind of probably like foolish uh, things. But <laughs> but you know, all all in all, like we really we had good friendships based in the faith and encouraged each other in in prayer and um, yeah. So it was. I would say through that, that my vocation, like through what my parents did is really what my, where my vocation, I think was all planted. Mm -hmm. Um, But the schools, my parish, everything kind of helped to nourish that. Absolutely. Yeah. And you've got such a great family. I can see how that impacted you greatly. (laughs) If you've ever met his parents. Um, So thinking about uh, your futures, how, do you know how long you're going to be at a Gorman? (laughs) Is Bishop on? No. (laughs) Um, No, I do not know. Um, and that's that's okay. It's good uh, sometimes to to trust that the Lord will provide. Um, I don't know. I'd imagine I'll be there still. I think one of the hopes for Set Ablaze is a little more stability. Um, but uh, one change in one place can alter the whole you know yeah. puzzle. So, right. um, but if I am there, uh, and if I'm not there, I still have certain hopes for the place. And one of it is that every student that comes through not only learns the intellectual stuff. Um, of the faith, which they do a very good job of, of learning. And, and it's been cool in the last few years, we've had some students actually join the church. Um, some who 
maybe had misconceived notions about the church and then were actually brought to the truth of it through their classes and through encountering like some of their teachers or friends and they say, I, I want that, that seems right, that seems true. Um, and so that's been cool. So I would love to continue to see uh, people just brought to the light of truth in that regards. Uh, but then also beyond that, I also want people to have the experience to be able to encounter him not just in an intellectual way, but also in a real personal way. And, mm -hmm. you know, we have opportunities for that. Um, in the chapel, we still, we have prayer. They, they go down for adoration in different classes. Um, we have uh, all school mass once a week. There are retreats offered. Um, there's like a once a month praise and worship night that the campus minister leads. Um, and so there's a lot of different types of opportunities. Uh, so I think just first and foremost that they know the goodness of the Lord, the faithfulness of the Lord, um, that they're able to have an experience of that and of his mercy. Um, and that also that they have, uh, that they realize they have a purpose in life. Mm -hmm. I think that's sometimes a, a thing uh, that can be a struggle right now is people can think, um, you know, I'm just, I'm just kind of a, a cog in a machine, but yeah. to actually realize, no, like my, my, my life has great meaning and purpose and direction. And so I think, uh, from all of that foundation that I said uh, comes my hope that people can, young people at least can start to have an awareness of, okay, God has a plan for me. And mm -hmm. what is that plan? What is my vocation? You know, I think that would be a fruit of uh, Catholic schools really um, flourishing is that we have people entering into um, holy marriages, religious vocations, as, as we are seeing, but I think to hope to see that continue to grow. Okay. Um, amen. All right, so uh, Father Klein uh, was the first, I think I've told everybody this, but on the radio, is the first uh, priest that did a Mass when I moved here. Uh, it was beautiful. Uh, homily was great. So I do have a question, actually. I don't, it doesn't. It's not really pertaining to the schools, but for Lent, since you just brought it up, is there a way... What? And if there is a way, how would we prepare hmm. this week so that we go in to Lent, you know, Ash Wednesday with the right frame of mind? Yeah, yeah, good question. Um, oftentimes I think we can want to do, like, huge things, right? <laughs> and it's good for us to maybe have Lenten practices, of course, that challenge us, but also that are possible. Um, but I think to, to start, it's always good for us just to examine, okay, am I fulfilling the obligations that I've already promised to, you know? Mm -hmm. So my Christian obligations from baptism, uh, am I really like a f living out the precepts of the church faithfully? Um, and then also in any sacramental ways. So, you know, do I love and honor my spouse? Am I, you know, growing in my love of the Lord through them? Um, so I think that's kind of the foundation. And if we're not doing some of those, then I'd be like, okay, well, maybe let's not pay as much attention to giving up cake <laughs> and let's actually focus on this. Now, I mean, there are plenty of good reasons to, you know, sacrifice from certain things, you know, especially uh, temperance <laughs> to grow in temperance uh, in any way um, is always good. But I think we can sometimes make it like a uh, Catholic diet time mm -hmm. rather than actually like mm -hmm. focusing on the point of this whole season is for me to grow in humility uh, so that I recognize I need a savior. I need, you know, I can't save myself. Um, and so to grow in faith, hope, and charity. And so if any of our Lenten practices, uh, if we're kind of curious about them, just to say, okay, how would this help me grow in faith, hope, and charity? Um, I think that's kind of a, a good initial test. Okay. 
Thank well, you. and I just love that image. I mean, yeah. what are you already falling short on? I've heard a priest say, what are you always taking to confession? Hmm. What is that one thing that you're constantly going to confession for? Maybe start there. Yeah, <laughs> yeah what can I do? What are little things that I could do? Maybe a penance, maybe a certain prayer. Maybe mm. if it's, yeah, if it's um, gossip, okay. What can I do to help myself um, overcome, you know, the sin that I've really struggled with for a long time? Maybe it's, um, you know, actually the person that I typically gossip about, maybe I pray a decade of the rosary for them every day. Like, mm. how amazing would that be to yeah. actually, like, change the way that you think? Yeah. So I think, yeah, that's a good point, Heather. Like, starting with what do I know is a, an area of sin for me, and what yeah. can I do to help myself there? Yeah. Of course, we need the grace of God. I'm not a <laughs> plagiarist here, but uh, we also have active will and participation in our cooperation with his grace. Beautiful. Mm -hmm. uh, one other question I wanted to ask you, and we only have about a minute for it, sorry, but thinking about your parents um, and how they raised you and how they helped you grow in the faith, if there's somebody out there listening and they're kind of like, we don't do anything really at home. You know, we're all busy. We're all eating dinner at different times, you know. Where's somewhere that they could start if they haven't done, if they don't do anything at home? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, so the things outside of home, I think certainly mass, especially as a family when, you know, is, is huge. And then um, praying together, even just if, if you don't know where to start, just some memorized prayers before going to bed and maybe each person share a petition, uh, something that they want to pray for. Um, but then I think around the table. I mean, there's a reason the Lord instituted the Eucharist at the Last Supper. Like, the meal is a sacred thing. Mm -hmm. And so, to have, you know, if it's not possible every night, depending on schedules, but to have a couple times where the table is a real sanctified place in the home, not only where you pray together, but leave phones elsewhere and actually have a conversation and talk to people. And yeah. um, that is a natural thing, but grace builds off of that. And so, Beautiful. when the natural things are in place, then the Lord can do a lot. Beautiful. Father Tony Klein, such a privilege to have you on this morning. Thank you for joining us. Great it's to be here. Great. Thanks for your work. All right, folks, we're going to be talking about Pastoral Ministry Days out of Rapid City next, so stay with us. More Real Presence Live right after this. This is Real Presence Live, where the focus is not on the evil around us, but on conversion and mercy through the good news that is always good. We're local, engaging, and live on the Real Presence Radio Network. As the new year begins, now is the time to add some predictability to your life by establishing your will and estate plan. More than two-thirds of all adults have no plan. Hello, this is Mike Kidrowski, Director of Advancement for Real Presence Radio. We have some practical tools to help you in preparing your plan. Please visit our plan-giving website at rprlegacy.org or call me at 701-290-4503. It's a matter of just getting started. Have you ever known someone who has taken their own life? 50% of Americans have. I'm Father Chris Alar. For years, professionals have called the tragedy of suicide an epidemic, but we believe it has become a pandemic because more people in the world take their own life than die by all the wars or homicides combined. Do you know that there are more veterans who have killed themselves than were killed in the Vietnam War? And these numbers keep increasing, especially among the youth. And society doesn't help. Through misguided ways, such as shows like 13 Reasons Why, suicide has become glorified in our society. But there is hope. Please visit suicideandhope.com so I can personally pray for anyone you've lost. And to get our book, After Suicide, there's hope for them and you. 
which helps with any kind of suffering or loss, not just suicide. I promise it will help. Hello, this is Dr. Ryan Sappo from Lumen Vision in Fargo. We're grateful for the support of our small business from listeners in the Fargo-Moorhead area. At Lumen Vision, we offer eye exams, vision therapy services, contact lenses, and glasses from popular brands like Oakley, Ray-Ban, Kate Spade, and Eyes of Faith. Lumen Vision accepts many vision and medical insurances, but you don't need insurance to experience high-quality, affordable, Christ-centered eye care from our team. You can learn more about our mission at www.lumen.vision. Lumen Vision is a proud sponsor of Real Presence Radio.